A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dum Dee Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. From now on, you need to watch your P's and Q's on here, since I'm Philippa Hall. And I'm Quentin Rayner. Trying to guide you through the merry wives of Wedding Casey and other nonsense. And it's no surprise that we've spotted you, our overdressed Dum Dee Dummers, lunging for the bouquet to be next in line for our attention. This week's Dum Dee Dum is from Stephen. Oh, now we have a lot of Dum Dee Dum tunes, so don't rush to send any more in. We've got enough for about the next seven or eight weeks, and, and then we'll be in need again. Uh, and on this week's podcast, we hear from Ali, Christine, Jen, young Keith, Catherine, a text from Chris, and emails from Adam, and a nun of Ambridge. So, Quentin, what have you been up to since we last met? Well, Philippa, I mean, I, I really could have spent it in a Petri dish. I've been that cultured since we last spoke. Oh, very yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> where shall I start? Well, last weekend we were in London and we went saw a play at the Bridge Theatre, which is near Tower Bridge, and saw a, a play called Bark and Sons, about J.S. Bark and his sons, which was mm. fantastic. Followed the next day by, uh, went around the latest Hockney exhibition at the Royal Academy, which was Interesting, um, an exhibition of paintings that he's, are they paintings? They were done on his uh, iPad and then blown up. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, some worked, some didn't. So um, 
but I'm a big Hockney fan. And this week here in our hometown of Southall, we've been enjoying the Southall Music Festival. So I, I, I haven't really listened to much opera in my near 60 years. So I went to an opera gala evening, which was fantastic. Mm. I can't beat a bit of Puccini, a bit of Verdi and all that. And uh, only last night went to the Bach Magnificent, more Bach. So more, so it was a Bach Magnificat. That was last night. And interspersed with that, we had the Red Arrows flying over the house during the week, doing a practice right above us, which is like a free show. Thank you very much, lads. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and on a more mundane level, uh, I've ordered my first pair of Verifocals. How sad is that? <laughs> and welcome t- to the world of Verifocals. <laughs> I am an existing member. Are you? you are welcome. Yeah. Right, you can lead me by the hand because you, you're going to have to. And um, <laughs> I've had two trips to the dentist. I've got a very sore mouth. So there you go. My fascinating week. How about you, Philippa? Well, the dentist has been the theme in our house as well, I'm afraid. It was just that time of the summer holidays where we had to take the kids for their checkups. And uh, daughter was fine, but son, um, the hygienist, rushed out saying, you know, his gums are bleeding. We're we're going to need uh, to spend some time working on his teeth. And I just laughed and said, yes, that's because for six months he hasn't even raised a toothbrush to his mouth. And then the night before we were due to the dentist, hours of intensive brushing ensued, uh, which, yes, made his gums bleed. Trying to get a 13-year-old boy to brush his teeth twice a day is is interesting. Yeah, well, maybe he's learned his lesson. Actually, my dentist said something interesting, which never occurred to me because I've always rinsed after I've brushed my teeth. We will get onto the arches in a minute, folks, don't worry. Um, (laughs) And she said, um, when you've finished brushing your teeth, don't uh, don't swill with water, just spit. Which I thought, oh God. But granted, yeah, she says that means you know, the fluoride or whatever is in your toothpaste remains in your teeth for longer, which hadn't occurred to me. Mm. So there you go. But I'm, I'm still swilling up. <laughs> Can't get out of that habit. Yeah, I'm still a swiller. I use a fluoride mouthwash as well. Sorry, these are um, dentist tips. Dentist tips are us. Yeah. Um, yes, that's what, what po- I do. What podcast are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I think we need to get on to why we are here because, Quentin, reminders of the Borsetshire bullet points this week. It's been a case of, shall we say, once, twice, three times a wifey with <laughs> Vince navigating his way around his exes as daughter Steph got hitched without a hitch and with 50,000 hand-sewn crystals <gasps> dangling from her. Can you believe it? And a bit of microblading as well, I think. <laughs> um, Vince also made it up with Beth, his estranged daughter, who then made eyes with Ben at the reception. Elizabeth has since been appointed Ambridge's ambassador to the UN. <laughs> Susan had a chat with Pat about something coming between her and Neil without mentioning the elephant in the room, Shula's big bottom. <laughs> then Neil's bottom lip started trembling, talking mm. to the vicar and waiting. Uh, and a memory box may have been mentioned, but I honestly can't remember. Oh. At the very least, I would say Chris owes his stressed parents a Mediter- Mediterranean cruise for looking after mm. Martha. Instead, he got them a meal at Grey Gables. Once, of course, they've hosed down all that slime left by Russ last week. <laughs> Brian was thrashed 4-1 at home as he was outvoted with a stellar appointment over his rigged choice of Barnaby as the new farm manager. Jenny confessed to enjoying all the bickering as it distracted her from bickering about Rory and Alice. Stella immediately demanded a raise, which immediately raised Brian's blood pressure after Jenny said yes, which made him feel, well, redundant. Ben got conflicting advice from Josh and Pip about what to do with about Evie, 
So now she's history and a blubbering wreck. Thursday saw two meals for the price of one as Tracy picked Lily's brains about how to motivate Chelsea on passing her English exam and settled on teaching her how to drive everyone round the bend. But Grey Gables turned into Heartbreak Hotel as Neil and Susan floundered in a conversational desert, not even making it to dessert. Mm. And we were left with the silence of the lamb. Boom, boom. <laughs> very, very good. Very good summary, Quentin. Excellent. Now, on Dumpty Dum, we pride ourselves on being the people's podcast. Without contributions from the Dumpty Dum community, there'd be no podcast. So your views are the important bit of the show. Now, there are all sorts of ways you can get in touch to tell us what you think about the last week in Ambridge, or if you like, coming up with a plot prediction. So let's start with calling in and recording a message. One way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red SpeakPipe link on the left and submit your call. It's ever so easy and you can have as many goes as you like, so don't worry. Another way is to send a WhatsApp voice note to 07957 167696. That's 07957 167696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK, to add a plus 44. Now, if you'd rather not leave a voice message, you could instead send a text to that same number I've just given you, or send an email by clicking the Contact Us tab at the top of the dumptydum.com website. Now, please get your comments and calls in by lunchtime on Sunday as we record at 3pm UK time. And remember, also, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. Well, a lot has gone on in Embridge this week. So what did you, our dedicated Dumpty Dummers, make of it all? Hello, Ambridge 3962. And first of all, we have amazing Ali. Hi, all. It is Ali from Washington, D.C. And this week has been the highlight of all of Ambridge's dysfunctional relationships. Um, so the scriptwriters are practically yelling at us that there's going to be an issue between Stella and Brian. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether that's a, a head fake. Mm. I don't think it is. Um, it's so glaringly obvious. Um, but it would be kind of funny if that was a head fake. Um, Pip, the paragon of um, virtue and relationships, schooling her brother on how to break up and start a new relationship. Wasn't it just a few short years ago that Pip was in love with one brother and pregnant with the other's mm. child. Mm. Susan and Neil, isn't it quite obvious from what she was saying at um, Grey Gables? The problem for her is that she's not working and therefore she doesn't have all the gossip to bring home to talk with mm. her husband. Um, you know, I think it would have been better if they had developed a shared hobby, um, rather than go out to dinner and stare at each other. Um, you can do that at home. Um, but I think that's, uh, all for me. Ta-ta for now. 
Thank you, Ali. Talking of dinner, it sounds like you're doing your washing up. <laughs> well, cool. Dumpty Dum. Um, I did put out a query, didn't I, the other week saying, what do you get up to? What are you doing when you're listening to Dumpty Dum? Why do you listen to us? And obviously, <clears throat> Ali in Washington, D.C. decided to do a washing up. Um, well, focusing on things Ambridge. Um, interesting point about Susan and Neil, um, and which I hadn't appreciated. I think uh, that that is interesting because she does thrive, doesn't she, on being in the shop and being mm. at the centre of things and picking up gossip and tittle-tattle. And she hasn't got that. And you're right, something is lacking in Susan, and it's that. Mm. This is the fuel that keeps her going. So well, well, well spotted, yeah. Uh, I think that might have something to do with it, apart from, of course, <laughs> Neil's wandering eye, which is the main yes. problem here. Um, yeah, a meal instead of, um, sorry, a shared hobby, you suggest, instead of a meal at Grey Gables. Oh, um, you can't just pluck a shared hobby out, out of the out of the air, can you? Uh, they, they desperately need something quickly. So, nice idea, but what would their shared hobby be? I can't think. Can you? Can you think of a shared hobby, Philippa? Well, I think their interests have always revolved around their family. Mm. You know, their their children, their grandchildren, just normal family life, and uh, they're just they're just too exhausted to even think about that now so no it's it's hard it's a great suggestion to have a hobby yeah. um but but they it, are but they are indulging their hobby aren't they by looking after martha uh, <laughs> that seems yeah. to be the issue doesn't it they are too engrossed in their family yes i have a apart. lot i have a lot to say about that but i'll save that for later on Ooh, yeah right. I, Sounds... I got cross a number of times this week with ambridge but uh yes well, who doesn't? I mean, that's a mark, that's a mark of an addict. Well done. Uh, you're, you're working it through. Um, right. Um, are we going to have a relationship between Brian and Stella? Do you know, somebody on Twitter said, I completely forgot that apparently Brian had a fling with Roy Tucker's mother. Is that right? I'd forgotten that. Who, Brian who, had a fling with yeah. Roy Tucker's mother? I mean, it may mother. be wrong, but somebody said that on Twitter, and I thought, really? God, who hasn't I, he had a dalliance with? I... I I I am I am gobsmacked by that. I thought I knew a lot about the archers, but I'm going to be I'm going to mm. be researching that immediately. Could you? I could think. you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> could somebody verify this, please? Because I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. It's Brian, isn't it? So, but is he going to have a relationship with Brian and Stella? <sighs> Ali thinks it's a bit too obvious. <sighs> I think it. I think I, I, it hasn't struck me that he will, but you never know. Alone. <laughs> In a barn, maybe passion will take over. Who knows? Uh, he's such a charmer, isn't he, Brian, to, to many people? Although man, many can't stand him, I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, and Pip giving um, uh, relationship advice, which is always <laughs> hilarious. Um, the bit I did like about Pip, I mean, I know she give, Pip gives the Pip to so many people, but it was a nice bit of acting. Others picked up on it as well. I think when she was laughing at Ben and his sort of, oh, woe is me, which girl shall I go for? All that nonsense. Um, so she walked mm-hmm. off. She gave a really good laugh, and I thought that was a nice bit of acting. That it felt uh, really genuine, and um, what a sister would do. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Pip. I have to say, I'm shaking my head as I'm as I'm saying this. I mean, I, it showed me that Ben is already mourning the loss of having Rory to talk to because mm. he's confiding in Josh and Pip, which seemed, you know, he could just phone Rory. He would he would be there to talk to. And when Pip was talking about, you know, issues after a 10-month relationship, h- how much experience has Pip had of that? I don't know. She's not had, you know, when you think back to her past boyfriends, th- th- she's not 
she's not a success story. But in she the conceded that. To be fair, she conceded that, didn't yeah, she? Yes, but I just didn't. I didn't like her attitude. I didn't like the way she deliv- delivered it. Um, mm. And uh, this whole situation with Stella and Brian. Well, I love seeing. I love well seeing Stella in my mind. Hearing Stella uh, join Ambridge. I'm concerned how Borsicherland is going to cope because we did hear Justin telling Adam that the combination of Adam and Brian was exactly what Borsicherland wanted. You know, BL is old school. It seems to me, and could uh, Brian lose the the contract? there if Borsicherland don't like the the new style Stella I I don't know and when Stella said that she'd been refereeing a dysfunctional farming family before (laughs) (laughs) and wanted to get away from it I was like you you poor girl run for the hills because you you have no idea there is nothing as dysfunctional as this family you know it's going to be like a zombie horror film I think and they made out that oh don't worry Stella this is a completely different setup you're thinking no it's not exactly what she's running away from which may well be the exit strategy for Stella she she may not be around for much for, for long the other point is of course she's taken over the job that was shared by Adam and Alice mm. so if and when Alice recovers how does that work out because he's given Stella a full-time job isn't he Yes, that's true. I mean, whether Alice will be... Ret- oh, yes, that's a good point. Who knows? But I think Alice is just going to have to hmm. sort of toe the line and not have the stress of of a full-time job anyway, I think. But that point about why didn't Ben ring Rory occurred to me and it also occurred to Dominic Young on Twitter, I noticed as well. It's, it's the obvious call to make. And to be fair, of the two of them, I thought Josh gave him better advice than Pip. Yes, definitely. But then I am a fan of Josh and I am not a fan of Pip. So, yes, um, I thought. But then neither of the Well, actually, no, Josh knew about Beth. Pip didn't. So possibly Pip's Pip's guidance feet now. Pip. Uh, Pip. He's the manager of Manchester City. I know how much you love football. Yeah, I was going to say, is that football or darts? I don't (laughs) know. Uh, Um. Yeah, Pip didn't know about about Beth and her advice might have been different. But yeah, just Pip winds me up the minute she starts talking. So, yeah, I'm, getting, yeah. I'm getting that impression. <laughs> anyway, we need to move on. Ali, thank you very much. That was great. And now we go to formerly cycling, Christine. Hello, this is formerly cycling Christine calling in to support Royfield on his fear of cows. Every year, several <laughs> people are trampled to death by cows in the United Kingdom. And we have a daughter who's a long-distance walker. She's walked the entire length of New Zealand. She's walked from Mexico to Canada. She often wild camps on her own while she's doing these walks. And she says the most frightening thing that she's ever encountered out walking was when she got chased by some cows walking on the Pennine Way and ended up having to fling herself and her backpack over a barbed wire fence to escape them. So, Royfield, don't worry about being frightened of cows. It's actually quite a sensible thing. Thank you, Christine. That puts me in my place, yes. It turns out there are names for a fear of cow. Did you know this, Quentin? Bovinophobia and Tauraphobia are are names for fears of cows. And judging from the photo that Claire put on the Facebook group of Royfield in front of this... um, 
field of, of cows. I have to say the cows looked uninterested in this photo and just keen to lie down or, or eat. Uh, they were ignoring Royfield, but he did look fairly uh, nervous in the photo. But but never mind. We didn't have any cows at the wedding, but we had sheep. Yes. I wasn't entirely sure why the, the sheep were brought along, but never mind. And it turned into this sort of real housewives of Ambridge. I think that would be a great spin-off to, to have that. And as you mentioned, this 50,000 hand-sewn crystals. How much money would it cost to have a dress with 50 hand-sewn, 50,000 hand-sewn crystals? I don't know. And then the chocolate fountain, the pick and mix, Elizabeth catching the bouquet. It created quite a picture in my mind. And then how many aunts are in the Celio Mafia? We had Auntie Bertha, Auntie Dot, Auntie Mary, Auntie Wynne, Auntie Annie, and then Uncle Bobby. Uh, I didn't count them up to me. I was, I was still counting his wives. So <clears throat> um, I, I've, I've had a, a bit of experience, actually, of being chased by cows. Um, we, we went on a fairly disastrous walk once, a group of us with some friends, and we were walking through a field, and these younger cows decided to get interested in us, but they didn't seem friendly. They started to sort of walk fast and then trot quite quickly and then start to run at us. So it was scary. It's it's mm. frightening. And so w- we bolted very quickly out of that field, and then our friend then put his foot in a, into a wasp's nest. <gasps> yeah, so that was great. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so we survived being, being um, stampeded by cows, only to then run to try and avoid all these wasps yeah um but it does put me remind me of my father's advice he he worked as a, as a young man as a student on a farm in leicestershire and the old farmer said to him if, if ever you are chased by a bull in a field yeah then obviously run in the opposite direction but but run in a zigzag pattern because a great big bull will find it very hard to zigzag and chase you and will give up so oh, there's a bit well, of that's advice. very interesting because I was always mm. told if you're being chased by cows or a bull, do not move. Well, so... I did see a, a YouTube video of a farmer giving an instructions what to do, and I wish I could remember it, but essentially <laughs> it was stay calm, don't move rapidly because they think it makes them interested. Yes, the faster you move, the faster they will yeah. move. Yeah. But I quite like the zigzag theory because a great big, huge bull will not try and chase you in a zigzag pattern, will they? They'll give up. Maybe that's a, maybe it's, maybe it's an old farmer's tale. So I think all you need to do is just make sure you don't wear red and then you'll be fine. Christine, thank you very much for your call. And now we go to Joyful Jen. Greetings, Philippa and Quentin. Jen here, Ambridge Pony Club. Just calling in about the whole dinner party between Tracy, Ross and Lily. It was awful on so many levels. I hate hearing Tracy being so unsure of herself and questioning mm. herself and putting out serviettes and not just getting on with life and having a good time. And it just kind of doesn't ring true either, her being so scared of Lily and wanting to impress her. Tracy's really down to earth. She calls a spade a spade. She meets everybody as they are. She's not phased by Oliver and he owns the whole of Mm. Grey Gables and she gets on fine with him. And I just think she would have been much more comfortable with those two and not really overawed by them. Um, And then her wanting to get great exam results for Chelsea. Why? She's never had any interest in her education before the exam. Really didn't seem to be that bothered um the kid wants to be a hairdresser fine let her go and be a hairdresser fantastic career she'll do really well absolutely no need for GCSE English or anything else 
So I hated all of that. I hated the fact that the rubbish exams were being blamed on dyslexia. Uh, severely dyslexic here, degree in veterinary medicine, um, it can be done. It's not that you're mm. thick, it's just that you think differently. And okay, she hadn't had good support and all of that, but wasn't very com- comfortable with that side of things. And then poor old Lily. I mean, it just really highlighted how Russ has destroyed her life. Um, mm. That she had all her bright hopes and then was brought down by a middle-aged man who couldn't even contribute to the rent and had caused her to drop out of university. Um, they've got to correct that storyline at some point. Russ is kind of being ingratiated into our better books, but he's a creep. He's a teacher who fooled a student, mm. and it's high time something was done to free Lily. Yes, I totally agree with you, Jen. Let's free Lily. <laughs> she needs she needs freeing from that um, that leech that is Russ. But we don't have, enjoy moaning about him, don't we? <laughs> um, who could save her? We, we, maybe we'll see Saul come back and... and um, and win her over, but she was all over him, wasn't she? Last week in Grey Gables, I was surprised. Yeah. How yes, apparently in love they were. Yeah, um, and she Not had to pay for to it. Hear. Yes. Oh. Um. So yeah, Lily needs to get rid of Russ. And the thing that still grates with me is how Elizabeth condemned it all so so easily. Um. You know, during the wedding and the reception beforehand, I think when uh, Vince was talking about. He, he hated Beth's boyfriend and uh, he just, he said to her, I, I couldn't stand by and not say anything. And I thought, mm. Elizabeth, you just stood by and just let yes. a teacher of Lily just Very true. elope with her and, and um, you know, live with her at university, force her out of university, and then he let him live with you. Mm. I, I just thought real double standards there. So mm. it really still grates with me that Elizabeth didn't put up more of res- more resistance to, to Russ at the time. Um, I mean, there's, there've been some remarks on Twitter and elsewhere that uh, perhaps um, Russ's attentions will veer mm-hmm. <coughs> more towards Chelsea, but we shall see. Hope not. Yeah. Um, oh no, no. Yeah, yeah, <gasps> yeah, I hadn't even yeah. thought of that. Oh yeah. no, please don't let that happen. A, a lot of people have mentioned it. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. So, do you reckon he'll step forward and ask to offer to give her driving lessons? I sincerely hope oh, not. No. Yeah. Right. What else? Uh, she was fe- cross with Tracy that she uh, wanted to try and impress Lily too much with serviettes and so forth, and wanted her approval. Jen, you're right. In that, what we love about Tracy is that she's fearless and she takes people on for what they are. And um, look at the way she deals with Oliver. She's turned him into a friend, hasn't she? So. I think she was just really, really concerned to try and sort something out for her teenage daughter. So so I I will forgive her for that. And you're saying she was getting worked up about needing uh, to get her through the English exam. Again, she qualified it, didn't she? But I think she sort of said she needed the English to get through the hairdressing qualifications, which I didn't quite understand like you, Jen. But she said, I don't want her to end up, you know, bumming around going from one dead end job to another. Mm. So I can see why she has aspirations for her daughter and she doesn't want her to repeat the same mistake she's made. But um, I think we'll have Tracy back on track very soon, Jen, so don't worry. <laughs> and congratulations by, you know, for, you know, getting to become a fully qualified vet despite mm. um, the problems that you had with your with your learning, Jen. A little yeah. bit of background we didn't know, so, yeah. I love the fact when Tracy said, you know, if there was a GCSE in TikTok, Chelsea would be laughing. <laughs> 
then my children would be laughing as well. TikTok is, is a thing. Whenever my kids start really misbehaving, I just threaten to start my, uh, relaunch my TikTok account and do interpretive dance book reviews, <laughs> which I think would be hilarious. But uh, then they're not so keen. So, uh, yes. And yeah. to hear that Lily has no group of friends, it just mm. reinforces even more mm. how Russ is this sort of father figure and she, mm. what she needs is just just to have fun, to sort of act her age. And I do worry about what Lily's future is. I, I hope it comes right. As, as Jen says, it needs to, this needs to be corrected. The, the issue of driving lessons, there is a bit of a history in our family. My father trying to teach us. So first he taught my mother uh, how to drive. She got out of the car on the drive. Um, then he taught my sister. She got out of the car 14 miles away and refused to drive. And then he tried to teach me and I got out of the car about seven miles away. So we do have this this theme of it just not working. Why was not... he so awful as a teacher? Uh, um, my father is the sort of person that you you should discover things yourself. So, for example, if I was doing homework and needed how to know how to spell a word, his response would always be, look it up in the dictionary, which I understand is helpful. But when you've got you when you're cramming to finish an essay or something, you just want to know how to spell the word. So and how does so, that apply to driving? Yeah. So yeah, bear with me. So, okay. for example, I remember this is many, many, many decades ago but I remember being at this sort of crossroads and I couldn't get the car into gear it was all doing all this like kangaroo jumping and I was saying I was just saying just tell me what to do and he was saying no just take your time you'll remember meanwhile everybody that I know from the local town is stood there watching me laughing oh it was just mortifying and uh, so, yeah. so did you walk back from seven miles out do you know I can't remember what happened I think I must have I think I must have I don't remember getting and, and your sister yeah. 14 miles yeah. Well, my mum was probably the wise one, just getting out on the, on the drive. Have you ever taught your children how to drive? Yeah, yeah, it went pretty well actually. It was oh. okay. Yeah, um, they preferred me to to their mother, um, because uh, I think she was a bit more of in your father's. Uh, <laughs> Not as bad, but uh, but she cracked the whip a bit more, was a bit less patient and um, stressed them out a bit more. So they all confessed. Well, our youngest still hasn't learned to drive, but the other two confessed to finding it calmer with me, shall we put it that way. So did you just teach them or did they have an external teacher as well? No, they had external teachers. This right. was sort of extracurricular, and a bit of uh, extra help and <laughs> things like, you know, reversing around corners and parking and all the boring bits. Um yeah, we took that as well to drive, but um, yes, that was a little, a little, a little victory for me in, the, paren in the parental stakes. <laughs> and you're treasuring that. You're holding uh, well, on to I, it. <laughs> I, I, I achieved very few victories over the years, so I'm, I'm hanging on to that one. <laughs> Brilliant, Jen. Thank you so much for your call. That that was great. And now we go to youthful young Keith. Hello, uh, young Keith here. Um, seems I've missed the boat on uh, gushing about Royfield. Um, so I shan't, <laughs> but uh, needless to say, uh, he will be missed. Um, but, 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 I will take advantage of the new no under 18s policy here to talk about um, the Casey wedding. 
because I felt mm. sad and disappointed that Rory wasn't there. Because I, I was thinking that he would mm. be the perfect, perfect, perfect candidate um, for a threes up with uh, Casey's daughter, I can't remember her name, and her husband um, in their sort of swinging, dogging, well, if that's an assumption, they're swinging um, threesome ways. And Rory, in the peak of his adolescent sexual exploration, I think would be an absolutely ideal candidate for them. Um, so opportunity missed, uh, and it turned out to be quite a tame affair, but all good nonetheless. Uh, hope everyone is having a, a lovely time, uh, and all the best to you all. Thank you, young Keith. That was great. Um, yeah, I agree. I thought even though it was a Sunday episode, and normally Sunday episodes, now we're getting back in use to them, are quite sort of dull, maybe heartwarming episodes. But I thought, no, there's going to be bun fights, there's going to be mm. fallings out, goings on. There was nothing, really. Everyone no. was getting on. It was all so yeah. twee. It was a damp squib, wasn't it? And I'm surprised because I would have thought that David and Ruth would have got a licence for weddings to be held at the barn so that you had the wedding and the reception afterwards. But no, they were getting married elsewhere and then having the reception. So we didn't even get to hear that. Is there anyone who um, you know, has a, a cause to stop yeah. this wedding? Yeah. Um, and I thought that was going to be the big moment where someone said, well, I'm in love with Steph Casey. No, I'm in love with Steph Casey. And there were uh, various people claiming her as their bride. Well, at least three of them, I guess, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but there was none of that. It was all just, oh, do you want your champagne? Oh, David's doing a lovely dance. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, and it's the archers have annoyed me in the past when they and they duck out, sort of actually giving us the drama of a potential dramatic moment. I've, I've moaned about this before. We've had trials where it's just been reported afterwards. Oh, yeah, Brian got fined. Oh, yeah, yeah, Philip Moss is going down. Oh, yeah. Months of bloody Moss. Let's hear him go down. You know, that's a big dramatic moment. And equally, the, the wedding, you would have thought you had a little bit of the service, perhaps the bit you mentioned, or the vicar saying a few words, or the vows. Yeah. I thought we'd, we'd hear some of Vince's speech because he was obviously getting worked up about that wasn't he and uh, well he said he wasn't nervous but he was obviously rehearsing it beforehand and yeah Vince is funny he could have he would have cracked some good jokes so I didn't sense get a sense of the wedding I mean you got a flavor you know during the reception and Steph came up and bragged about her 50,000 hand sewn crystals mm-hmm. um so you got a bit of that but uh, yeah I thought, thought it was a missed opportunity and it, it took three ex-wives and a strange daughter. I mean, surely the potential was there for somebody to put their foot in it, say something inappropriate. So yes, maybe from now on, if we know that an event is happening on an episode on Sunday, we just need to resign ourselves to the fact that it's just going to be platitudes and mm. uh, n- nothing considerable. Um, and and yet, if the the event's happening during the week, and particularly a Friday, maybe there will be some gems. Well, I mean, Royfield always said he really missed the Sunday episodes because it had a different tone to it and it was all a bit more villagey and more relaxed and uh, you'd have cricket matches and so forth and mm. village teas and fates and all that. And I, and I get all that. But this was a, a wedding which had hell written all over it and um, <laughs> we, <laughs> it was far too far too smooth. And obviously young Keith was disappointed because there was no 
threesome, which he seemed to be very preoccupied with. Because <laughs> this was a, an offer, wasn't it, months ago from Steph to Freddie, wasn't it? it yeah. Was bizarre. That very, yes. very odd, odd episode when she could have said, oh, would you like to have a threesome with me and my fiancé? And, and I, I remember I was in the car thinking, did I, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but young Keith would prefer the offer to be made to Rory because he thinks he's the ideal candidate. I don't think threesomes are really Roy, um, Rory's scene, I don't think. And he's never struck me as somebody looking for that sort of thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, we just don't We just don't know. But, uh, yes, it was all, all a bit dull. I'm, I'm sure young Keith was uh, a little bit uh, disappointed. As he said, ta- it was a tame affair. Tame affair, and he's mm. right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't want Sunday... Uh, evening episodes they're lovely to have back but it's but just... we're already moaning about them yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah we're very pleased but <laughs> could you just turn the heat up just not every sunday but just it, you know we wanted more from this wedding and uh, uh, clearly ruth is now going to need counseling to get over the fact that some people get their eyebrows tattooed with microblading she she can't conceive of such a thing happening young keith thank you very much you do call again with more uh, 18 plus observations um <laughs> and now we go to captivating catherine Hi everyone, it's Catherine. Firstly, my perennial bugbear about the arches is that they refer to each other's houses by addresses, e.g. come to Honeysuckle Farm. No, nobody says this. They say come to my house. Anyway, that and the terrible <laughs> Birmingham yes. accents we see with everybody apart from Vince aside, I've really enjoyed watching the chaos that alcoholism has uh, left on Ambridge. So... Uh, Alice charges through, leaves chaos in her wake with Martha seemingly untamable by three adults. Those of us who've looked after more than one child under four, me, three, um, will think, really, does it that hard to look after one child? Um, and also, why haven't they sorted out some sort of childcare? I don't know how old Alice is, but she must be two months maybe and it's still so so chaotic. But yes, I suppose that's pretty realistic for somebody who's much older parents. Also, um, I've looked up when Susan and Neil got married. So they've been married since 1984. And you're really telling me they've never had one night out where they've felt like really hating each other and just going home to have a tin of beans <laughs> on top of a jacket potato. Well, they haven't really had a marriage. Everyone has those nights out <laughs> where they think, we've got nothing to talk about. We really shouldn't have bothered. But then, you know, juxtaposed with that, we have those nights out, which are really great as well. But the fact that they're surprised they have nothing to say to each other, largely probably because Susan's done all the talking for both of them for the last 24 years. Hmm. Also, it should go on Shula's gravestone. Can I give you some advice? Sometimes, Shula, actually, (laughs) the answer is no. You can't give any advice. I think she's really awful the way she's encouraging um, stupid old Neil to reveal his undying love for her is there something you want to say to me neil no he just wants to talk about his stupid memory box where he's got his baby and this and the other Hmm. but honestly she's terrible and um should be ashamed of herself really i don't know why she's painted as such a well not kind of angel because i know everyone says she has a sort sort of checkered history with men and so on but really it's just awful so that's it really my major rant about the arches this week and who really cares about whether or not he goes out with Vince Casey's daughter or not? No one. Oh, Catherine. The uh, the scope of Catherine's calls is phenomenal, what she packs <laughs> into two minutes. I mean, it's 
everything's in there, isn't it? Where do I start? I'll start with the last point she made. Um, who cares about Ben going out with Beth? Quite agree with you, Catherine. I mean, actually, really got my wit this week, Ben. Really did. This lovelorn teenager. Oh, God. On the Annoying. tractor. What? Sorry? On the tractor, thinking. Oh, thinking about, <laughs> oh, get out. Oh, is there such a thing as a broken heart? Oh, yeah. oh, anyway, so, yeah, with you on that one, Catherine. Now, um, whew, she started, didn't she, with that perennial bugbear. Yes. Uh, the fact that the river says, come to Honeysuckle Cottage. It's true. She's right. It's true. It's true. In their defence, I don't think... It serves a purpose. Yes. Uh, the, the script writers are reminding people, us, the listeners, wherever everybody is on this very confusing map that is Ambridge. And I get lost as well. So I, I, I will defend it on that basis, Catherine, that it does remind us where everybody lives. And I, I saw there was a tribute program to Victoria Wood the other day, and uh, she made reference to the Archers because she appeared in the Archers once, didn't she? Oh, and she made, yeah. made reference to Grange Farm. And for a second, I thought, God, who lives at Grange Farm? forgotten um because it hasn't been mentioned directly for ages so uh, it does it does help but it's not natural Catherine you're quite right um nobody says that but it is the archers um I know that Catherine lived for many years in Birmingham I think she studied at Birmingham University as well so she knows a decent Birmingham accent so that grates with her (laughs) so Vince is the only one with a genuine Birmingham accent okay tick we get that um you've enjoyed the chaos that Alice has inflicted on on uh, Ambridge to her alcoholism. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a struggle, hasn't it, listening to her? But in terms of dramatic um, mm. impetus and so forth, it, it has been an extraordinary storyline, providing a loss of drama, which we all do like. Yeah, this notion that that, this, that Martha is this huge childcare issue, uh, it, it, it does seem to have flawed an entire group of adults is hasn't it and really if they brought in a bit more you know jenny and brian were brought in more and the whole hmm. aldridge flank came in to to to, to provide childcare, that would be uh, solve a huge problem wasn't it isn't it wouldn't it and i think jenny's absolutely gagging to spend more time with her her granddaughter um catherine's obviously been doing her research i didn't know susan and neil have been married since 1984 and my word, we've all had those nights, haven't we? We really have. <laughs> you sit there, you think, I've got nothing to say. Um, and, you know, he was talking about, oh, what was he talking about? Crops, wasn't he? And then, oh, let's look at the menu. And then, oh, look at the decoration. Oh, God, And then Shula. And then he mentioned Shula. For God's <laughs> sake, Neil, don't Bless mention him. that. You <laughs> idiot. So, yeah, so we go home to a – we just wish we'd actually had that <laughs> that can of beans and a jacket potato at a much better time. Um, she's got no time for Shula at the moment. Um, she thinks she's awful. Um, she'll be ashamed of herself. Stop saying, can I give you advice? I, I'm ambivalent about Shula. I, I don't – lots of people find her utterly infuriating. They can't stand her. I mean, some people, some people hate her. I, I, I don't. I, I think um, – I don't like what she's doing in terms of Neil. I just think it doesn't, I don't know where it's come from, really. It just seems mm. to have jumped up and jarred. And it's like, what? Is, is this the Freddie threesome thing again? Like, what? Um, so, uh, yes, it, it's, I, I've got a feeling that actually Neil is more, he's had his head turned more than, than he's letting on. 
So I do have concerns that I think actually he's going to stray. I'm, I'm putting that out there now. I think Neil might stray. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, I hope not, but I've got a feeling he is. Um, but I think her heart is in the right place. You know, she, at times she does excel, and I think she's handled Alice extremely well whenever they've mm. met in, in recent times. And she sorted out the whole selling a banjo and so forth to make sure she got back to rehab. So she does shine at times, but she doesn't have to get under her skin a lot of the time as well. And Catherine did text me actually after she submitted a call to say, oh, I meant to say that I'm so over Pavlovas as well. (laughs) (laughs) You can never be over a Pavlova. I love a Pavlova. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have things to say about uh, about this, particularly about the looking after of Martha, because I am furious with Chris. I mm. really am. First yeah. of all, his, he sees his parents are absolutely knackered and he buys them a posh meal out. I mean, that's the worst thing. If you're exhausted, you want someone to say, you want Chris to say, don't worry, I'm going to go with Martha and stay at Emma's for the weekend so you can just get some sleep. That's part of the problem. They're so exhausted. They can't sort of think rationally. So I was so cross that he bought them this meal and thought, well, that's going to solve everything. And Martha is six months old now. And why is Chris just not sucking it up and getting her in a nursery? I know a lot of us would prefer not to have to send our children to nursery, but it's what we have to do. And Chris just needs to realise that he can't rely on his parents. Chris is doing so little to look after Martha. Mm. And what he could do, because childcare issues do seem to be a thing in Ambridge, so couldn't he um, and Adam and Ian get an au pair and do like a sort of a job share? So part of the time she's looking after Xander and part of the time she's looking after Martha. It's a simple solution and I don't understand why this is doing it. I mean, I think when when you get older, I get, I'm, a, I'm not even 50 yet. That will change very soon. Um, stop, stop bragging. <laughs> no, because that that we're in. We've got weeks to go. Um, but <laughs> I get I get tired, and so I think for for Paul, Neil, and Susan, they are exhausted. So it does seem more than if if they were younger, looking after Martha. But you know, Susan's doing too much. She's letting Chris sleep through the night because, oh, he's got to go back to work. And now Susan said she wants to start back at work or Neil thought it would be a good idea. So she's she's going to be even more of a state. I just don't understand why Martha is, why Chris is allowing his parents to be so run down with Martha. He needs to stand up and take action. I'm really cross with you, Chris, this week. You are not doing what I, what I want you to to do and clearly Susan's well clearly she's definitely off her her normal because she was given the prime gossip by Pat about Adam leaving and you didn't even hear her ears pricking up at, at the the sound of that little bit of yes. of, of gossip yes. so yes. Uh, actually yeah. talking, of, talking of Pat mm. we haven't heard from Pat since December 2019 I know, but it sounded like she was, when Susan was stood there, you know, uh, telling her everything, revealing the worries of her heart, it sounded like Pat was just leaning against the shop counter and didn't say, oh, sit down or anything. Oh, I disagree. Like. I, th- I thought Pat handled it very well. I, I, I thought it was well written, well, well acted, actually, that section. I mean, th- what was frustrating is that Shula, uh, sorry, Susan didn't actually mention the key issue, which is Shula. Uh, so Pat mm. was only going on what she was feeding her. 
Yeah, that would that's be very true. very interesting to hear if if what she would have said if she'd mentioned Shula in that exchange, and she just can't bring herself. And she was that close at the Grey Gables once when she had mentioning it, and you just think, "Go on, just say Shula, say the name." Yeah. You know, that's what's getting to you. Yes, that's true. That would have been very interesting to hear that, but it must be difficult to actually voice those words to to say that's the the real problem because that's once you you say it it becomes even more of a thing but it is a thing isn't it yeah it it is and i tell you what i have discovered is a thing uh, just in the last couple of minutes yes mike tucker's wife betty used to clean for jennifer and brian flirted with her there you he was go. interested so that's something i've i had no idea mm. 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 so it was just flirting nothing more um I haven't done a full dive, a deep dive yet, yeah. but my initial right. information right. gathering, uh, it seems to be more right. Brian than, than right. Betty. I, I would so, have thought so, better of Betty. So, so as far as we know, Betty didn't dust him off? <clears throat> no. Honestly, honestly. I can feel the blushing coming down the line. I just, yes. Well, let's move on. <laughs> uh, no, thanks, Catherine. That was a great call. But yes, we've had some you. we've had some lovely emails and texts. So the, the first one is from Adam and the subject is Neil, Neil, Neil. Hello, you two. Peer pressure from Jen, the Ambridge Pony Club, has finally pushed me into dropping you a line. I've listened to the Archers for many years, though I think I gradually drifted into it. I think I'm approximately a Janet Fisher or a Josh Archer. I just miss Susan and prisons, so my knowledge of Neil and Susan's relationship is incomplete, and I certainly miss Neil and Shula from many years before. Neil is a good man and is rather blind to the nastier motives of others. That's how he fell for Philip's lies, and is also why he felt so guilty afterwards. He gave his word to Susan when he married her, and has seen no reason to rethink how he feels about her. In his mind, he's married to Susan, and there's nothing to discuss. He does react to Shula as though he has some sort of emotional attachment and lights up when he talks about her, but he is unaware of it and will not act upon it. Susan can see his connection, but he really seems unaware of her distress and the threat she feels, as in his head there is no threat. I'd like Neil to be rewarded for being a decent chap, but it would be interesting to see what happens if St Shula finally makes a move. Just think what Tracy would do to her. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Adam. Thank you, Adam, very much for that. A wonderful. I love the hello, you two beginning. Yeah, another person I'm cross with this week is Shula. I agree. Neil doesn't have a clue that he loves Shula. And I don't think he would do anything to act on it. He he loves Susan. He's He was so complimentary about how lovely she looked and how nice her hair was. Um, but but do you, sorry, do you, do you think Neil loves Shula? That's what you just said. Yeah, yeah. I think he loves her, but he's not going to act on it. Mm. He doesn't know it himself. But you, think he loves, but you think he loves her? Yes, because I think, right. I think, yeah, it's a, an unrequited love. It's a, well, no, it's a love that he will never act on. And it's a love that he doesn't appreciate is there. Um, but I think, you know, when you start talking about someone a lot, you it, it shows that there are stronger feelings there. But Susan, I agree exactly with Adam. Susan is the one he has exchanged the marriage vows with. And I don't think he will do anything. But why? 
why would Sula push him? You know, what's on your mind? Tell me. It, it was as if she was really trying to get him to to say what she wanted him to say. And I thought, no, that's wrong. And when we heard about Shula and Neil discussing a memory box, to begin with, I thought it was their memory box that they, uh-huh. you know, forget the one for Alice uh, about Martha. I thought it was one about that. Oh, do you remember when you served me lasagna? And here's the light bulb that you tried to, to screw in and I shouted at you and, oh. Here's, here's the wet band I had around my arm when it was so sore. That's what I thought they were talking about. But yeah, I, I cross with three people this week. Cross with Shula, as I've just said. Cross with Chris. And as I'll say later, I'm also cross with Jenny. But, but never mind. Adam, great email. Thank you. Yes, great to hear from you, Adam, because um, Adam is one of those who tweets a great deal during the tweet along and um, is uh, very engaged with the dumpty dum community but has always been too modest to come forward so i'm delighted that um jen uh, ambridge pony club uh, has prodded you adam with her veterinary prod and made you encourage you to write in so it's been great to receive that email and please write in again adam and um mm. it's um yeah i mean philip has covered most of the points i think something's going to happen i just do uh, i just got this feeling that um Shuler is I mean she confessed didn't she to Alistair about her feelings and you know what was that what was that why did Neil start crying when he was talking to her you know he was clearly he's bottled something up hasn't he it's, it's, he, they weren't they weren't really talking about the memory box they were talking about them really weren't they well, essentially I think for him it was just it's everything it's not it was just a distraction he, yeah he doesn't understand why is but he's happier susan being susan but he's happier isn't he when he's there yes because his, chris with, is with, making them look yeah. after martha all the time again I know, but, but he, he misses their, their chats and his and his pruning with his sexateurs so i mean it's um <laughs> it's I, I think he just might i think he's a bit i think he's a bit uh bowled over really and he's not admitting it to himself i hope i'm wrong but It'll make for an interesting drama, isn't it? If that um, that golden couple, as um, Susan reflected on, isn't, and it all crumbles. Uh, no, yeah. I hope this is a lesson that relationships can go through bad times and still come through it. That it, life, mm. you know, isn't always all chilly nights, but you know, you worked it, you stayed together and, and, and things will come right. We but just what, need Chris to sort himself out. But what, as Adam says, what happens if Shula makes the move? It has Neil got the resolve <sighs> not to resist. But great, great to hear from you, Adam. And um, thank you for what you said about the podcast. And um, please email in or even if mm. you feel like it, do call in as well. Definitely. And we have a text. We do have a text. And I have the text in front of me, which is handy, isn't it? It's, it's, <laughs> yes. From Chris from York, and he says, "Hello, I have some more predictions." Here we go. Russ to rediscover his love of teaching and leave to resume his career somewhere he can get a license. Mm. Brian to get fed up and join Clarkson's farm. <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> I'd like to see him with Caleb and Gerald. Did you see that series? It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. There's going to be another series, apparently. Yeah, it was the most watched. <gasps> Amazon program in the UK apparently so so Brian might end up with Clarkson and Chris also says and Stella to be a disaster she seems too good to be true Mm. I think she'll just get fed up and realize oh my 
the auditors are like, everything I dreaded. So bye. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Some good predictions there. We'll have some more from you later, won't we, Philippa, as well? Yes. Yes, I shall give my predictions at the end. Do you, do you think Russ might rediscover what might get into another teaching job? I think that's a bit unlikely, isn't it? Well, you never know. I mean, I, I can't bear Russ, and yet I love hearing his voice because it's so unique shall we say but i don't want any goings on with chelsea he needs to stay well away or mm. tracy would be furious so mm. i think it's safer for everybody if he does get a teaching job and maybe he'll just move on and and lily can d- discover herself get a life and have well, some you say joy safer if he moves back to teaching but that's not not so safe for his some of his pupils Actually, do you know what? That's absolutely true. Yeah, safer for Lily, yes. but not for everyone else. I mean, yeah. would a school that you know they would have to get a written reference, and there is no way a school could avoid mentioning all the that went on with Lily and how that didn't go any further. I why, don't know. It's, why was there not a whole disciplinary procedure? Yes, exactly. But Chris yeah. talks about um, you know Brian and I. Yeah, I think joining Clarkson's Farm is. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know, Caleb's got nearly a million followers on Instagram. I'm not surprised. He's brilliant. Oh, dear. And we have uh, another email, um, a slightly different email uh, from Anon of Ambridge. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Right. <laughs> here we go. Do you know, I think this is Royfield. I've got a feeling this is Royfield. Well, whoever it is, they misspell my name. So yeah, this is I why I think it's Royfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually. Always... Ah, we've worked it out, Roy. Anyway, dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, I feel I don't know enough about you both, so please could you answer the following questions? One, family situation. Two, favourite hobby. Three, favourite type of cake. I would be grateful to know this, and then I can write again with more questions. Thank you, Anon of Ambridge. <laughs> Have you seen all the spelling mistakes in this this week? I'm seeing some of them. It's got Royfield written all over it. I don't know. Well, these questions, they're putting us on the spot. Okay. Right. My family situation. I am married to the lovely Mr. Hall. I have two teenagers and a dog called Gracie Penelope. Uh, My favourite hobby has to be books uh, because it's the Quick Book Reviews podcast that led me to be on Dumpty Dum. I have a TBR pile. TBR stands for To Be Read of over 500 books. So that's pretty shameful. I can barely read 500 words in a day. And my favourite type of cake. Now, this is a question. I could take hours to to answer this. Basically, it basically depends on the ratio of buttercream to sponge. Because for me, there has to be more buttercream than sponge. That is my ideal. So if, if there's enough buttercream, chocolate, not fudge, chocolate cake. Otherwise, lemon if it's moist or coffee and walnut. But again... More buttercream than sponges is my general rule. Quentin, would, would so what's you your like... favorite? So, what is your favorite cake then? You've got to come down on one with one. Well, chocolate is my favorite as long as it's not fudge, normal, proper right. homemade chocolate cake. But as I say, you've got to ha- you've got to be able to bite through the buttercream and have indentations of your teeth marks in the buttercream. Okay, so <laughs> so a chocolate cake stuffed with butter buttercream. Yes, right? yeah, right. absolutely. What what about you, Quentin? How do I respond to an honour of Ambridge? I mean, initially I felt like saying, well, mind your own business, an honour of Ambridge. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm contractually obliged to pass on 
<laughs> some some information. Um, but, but my family situation is, is that I'm tolerated. Uh, uh, married for almost thirty years. Can you believe? Oh. She's put up for me, put up with me for that long. Um, th- three children, all grown up, and uh, living in London. I am an identical twin, uh, which I think I have let on before. Yeah, and I. You're moaning about a big celebration, a birthday coming up, Philip. I've got an even bigger one. The big six O is approaching in the next few days. So there you go. Oh, next few days? When, yeah. Quentin? What day? September the 9th. <gasps> yes. Wow, yes. I'm writing that down. Yes, yes. There we go. He wants to know my, f- he, she wants to know my favourite hobby. Well, I... <laughs> Before this podcast, I didn't have any hobby. And my wife, when I retired, said, what the hell are you going to do in retirement? You need a bloody hobby. <laughs> so um, um, Dumpty Dum has come to the rescue in that sense, that it consumes so much of our week, doesn't it, Philippa, that it's like a full-time <laughs> job. Um, in, so I, I have interests as well, theatre, the arts, the arts and, uh, and politics, although that, that is rapidly declining, I have to say. Cake, which is the most important question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, since we're talking about the arches, of course, it should be lemon drizzle, shouldn't it, really? But um, <laughs> it's not for me. I have to say that my eye always drifts to chocolate or Victoria sponge. Oh, Victoria yeah. sponge. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I do like a Victoria sponge. And I think it would probably be the latter if I was forced to <gasps> take, take it on to um, desert island dishes. So, yeah, and I, was, I have to confess that I had, before lockdown, I had never made a cake in my life. And I <laughs> vowed, I thought, right, I'm going to make a cake in lockdown. And a Victoria sponge was the first one I made, and it was a triumph. So there you go. Oh, I think it has to be Victoria's sponge. Very good. I have to admit, I'm the sort of person that when if I go to a, a cafe and there's different cakes, I always look at which has the biggest slice before you I are, You're such a glutton. I am. <laughs> I am. I don't care. Um, but uh, yes, great questions. And on the Vanbridge, hopefully uh, the sharing of that information has put your mind at rest and you can now ask us more questions. Maybe it's sent you running to the hills maybe we'll never get another email we'll get even more intrusive questions now Ambridge. oh dear but no thank you for your calls and emails and texts we we value them so much please keep them coming in millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And so we go to Facebook and our lovely Dumpty Dum community there as we sit back for the weekly roundup with the wonderful Witherspoon. Greetings, all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here with the Social Media Roundup on episode number 401. The week began with Steph's long, long-awaited wedding. It was a happy day all around, and I asked if anyone was disappointed by the lack of fireworks. Most were pleased that it went off without a hitch. Darcy Jorgensen said it was unexpectedly lovely, and Linda Galloway, Melly M., Anne Belit and Christine Armstrong, among many others, agreed. Nolag Griffin thought it was funny that David and Ruth were serving drinks, but Carolyn Wright felt the affair lacked a drunken rant about Vince from one of his ex-wives. Both Jillian Holmes and Glenn Fullerlove, of course, who has a surname appropriate for a wedding day, took my question literally but humorously and pointed out that fireworks would have scared the livestock. On Monday, we witnessed an unusual sight sibling bonding between Josh and Ben. Adrienne Delgado noted that Josh had offered up some excellent advice. Get it? Excellent advice? But Jillian warned us that it remains to be seen how good the advice is. Joanna Crow wondered if there was an age gap between Ben and Beth, as Beth seemed quite a bit older than him. And Shirley Ferrant Ancy predicted that there will be a barn fire at Brooker's and warned Ruth to stay out of the wedding venue. Oh, success can be ever so fleeting. Back at home farm, Brian had another mini meltdown when he didn't get his way regarding the new farm manager, and I thought he was a sore loser. Others disagreed and gave him a well done. Jan Mitchell thought that deep down he knew who the better candidate was. But Kate Buzicki warned us that Brian might have more up his sleeve. Sarah Spilsbury questioned Jenny's declaration that bickering was a godsend, and Debbie Bridge said, that her other half predicted that Brian will have an affair with Stella. Eh, I don't think so. On Tuesday, we welcome back Pat. I channeled my inner Noel Coward with the quote, You've been a long way away. Thank you for coming back to me. Stephen Bowden pointed out that indeed it was a long time. 18 months to be exact. Most people, except for one Scottish Dumpty Dumber with the alliterative name, were happy that she's back. Terry Woodruff exclaimed, Yes, I love Pat. And Carolyn Wright wondered what soup she had prepared for lunch. Lillian McCarthy couldn't believe that both Usha and Pat were back and wondered whether we'd be hearing from Kathy as well. And Sandra Jenkinson added, maybe Jamie too. Other old friends returned this week, though I know many were not happy to hear Pip. She actually reversed Josh's advice and Ben broke up with Evie. Pip said, ah, don't worry, a broken heart is not a real thing. Pip, there really is a condition called broken heart syndrome brought on by acute stressors such as a breakup or the loss of a loved one. For more information, you can consult a summary article from the American Heart Association I posted on the Facebook page. This week, we also welcomed Stella, and Dumpty Dummers offered their early impressions of her. Everyone seemed to like her, though Stephen Bowden warned us it is early days. 
Pat Rolf Hanovan noted that Stella was smart to lay out some ground rules while deftly diagnosing the family dynamics. But Elizabeth Llewellyn worried that she will find the dysfunctional family dynamics off-putting. I'll add, well done, Stella, for negotiating a salary 7.5% above the advertised one. On Thursday, Tracy pondered teaching Chelsea to drive as a reward for completing her studies. Is that asking for trouble? Dumpty Dummers responded with a resounding yes. Lillian McCarthy wondered what could possibly go right. Others, such as Drew Hamilton, recalled, with varying degrees of fondness, being taught to drive by their parents or teaching their own kids to drive. Finally, Susan and Neil. Should Susan be worried about the state of their marriage, or is Neil right in saying these are just the peaks and valleys of a long-term marriage and the associated life stressors? Many weighed in, and Emily Pentengel summed it up. Susan needs to worry less, while Neil, when it comes to Shula, needs to think a little more. He's probably oblivious to how Shula truly feels. We end this week's roundup with a final shout-out to our Royfield Brown. Teresa Nahaski posted photos of cows for you. Royfield, I hope you're floating in a pool somewhere with a gin and tonic in hand. You deserve a little rest. Talk to everyone soon. Thank you, Witherspoon, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us on that group. We'd love to see you there. Talking of social media, uh, on Twitter, we have the fantastic at Dumpty Dum team who are doing a great job. Our thanks to them. Like them, do remember to use the capital T and A when you use the hashtag The Archers. And don't forget to include at Dumpty Dum as well so we can all see your tweets and keep that community growing. Yes. And as well as the at Dumpty Dum account, uh, Quentin and I are both on Twitter. I've only got one Twitter account, so I have to manage both the book podcast and Dumpty Dum on that one. Uh, so I can be found at Quick Book Review, but instead of a W, it's a three. However, you are Quentin to accounts Rainer, aren't you? I, I am. But I think I'll start really plugging my, my main arches one, which is at 13 Minute Man. So that's at one three minute man. But I have one under Quentin Rainer as well. But Very if you want my, my ramblings about the archers, go to a 30-minute man. We do indeed. And now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. Quentin? Yeah. Um, what's interesting about this week is that they are all first-timers on the podium. Ah. And they're all chaps. Uh, it's normally it's normally, normally the sure girls. about that, Quentin? It's normally the girls who win this, but uh, the chaps have, 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 uh, have won this week. Um, so in bronze position... We have this from uh, Andrew Davidson, whose uh, Twitter handle is at Andy Make the Tea, and he <laughs> has posited this: David Archer putting the dud into old dude since 1959. Because <laughs> he apparently embarrassed himself at the wedding, didn't he? And this, yeah, sons he did. Were, were ripping into him. Very good. In silver position, uh, we have Ian at Rutherian, and he says, in related news, I preferred Stella when it was 5.2 percent. It's never been 7.5%, Jennifer. <laughs> Clever. Very nice good. one, Ian. I like that one. <laughs> now, in the goal position, it's not a funny one, but it's one that I like. It caught my eye and a lot of people's eye because I never knew this. Mm-hmm. And it comes from Jonathan Stevens, whose handle is at Jonathan747, who is sort of new to the Arches. He's a, he's a secondary school teacher. Ah, uh, yes. And he yes. posted this and got a lot of responses. I'm delighted to say I got in first <laughs> to say... 
you need to listen to the uh, Dumpty Dum podcast for everything you need. And everybody else piled in saying, listen to us and listen to us, read this, read that. Anyway, he, he's written, he has posted this. So this is the gold tweet. Don't know if this is widely known, but The Archers is an exam test for GCSE media studies. I know the headlines and the history, and I've also been listening regularly this summer as a new visitor to Ambridge. What are the vital things I might need to know at this point? Bless you, Jonathan. He's been inundated. <laughs> so he's had a, a, a hell of a week getting his head around the tweet along, various blogs that have been sent to him, and all sorts of advice and background. So welcome, Jonathan. Um, he is now, because you are now a gold tweeter, you are now fully committed. You cannot now leave uh, the, the Dumpty Dum community. And um, he has been fascinated by everything that he's heard. So... On that basis, Jonathan, you are our gold tweeter of the week. Very good, Jonathan. We expect a, a call in next week. Thank you very much. Yes, please. More about it. Yes, yeah. yes, that would be great. Now, if you would be interested in supporting Dumpty Dum, we would be ever so grateful. You can do this via the Patreon tipping system, which you can find on the Dumpty Dum website or by going straight to patreon.com and typing in Dumpty Dum. Your financial support helps to pay towards the cost of this podcast, for which we are very thankful. Now, remember to get in contact. Uh, you, you can record us a message via SpeakPipe on the website or send a WhatsApp voice note. You can also send a text to that if you prefer. This is the number 07957 167 696. That's 07957 167 696, which requires a plus 44 if you are calling in from outside the UK. Please remember you need to be over 18 to take part. And please also bear in mind, without your contributions, we don't have a podcast, do we, Philippa? So it's no. it's essential, please, that you keep fueling this great machine that is Dumpty Dum, because uh, you are the content. Yes, absolutely. Well said. And thanks again to Stephen for his Dumpty Dum tune, Witherspoon for his social media roundup, and for calls, texts and emails from Ali, Jen, Young Keith, Catherine, Christine, Adam, Chris and Anon of Ambridge. Thanks also as ever to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for our wonderful voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and a chap called Royfield Brown. So, what will be revealed next week? Will Kate launch a new production line of her special hemp tea temples? Will the latest craze at the gyms in Ambridge be weightlifting classes using a dress with 50,000 crystals sewn on it for maximum effect? <laughs> Will Pip be Borchester Life's next agony aunt? Oh. Please don't let that happen. Oh, please be interesting to hear your reaction. <laughs> and will Shula's dead body be found strangled by the cord of Susan's curling irons? All will be revealed. It will. It will. Now, um, we're going to go out with uh, another sort of dumpty dum on this podcast. And um, it's been a, it's a real privilege to be able to tell you a little bit of background to it. I mentioned about the beginning of this podcast that um, the Southall Music Festival has been going on this week. It's been uh, uh, on the old calendar for seven years now. And people in our town are invited to act as hosts for various musicians. And that's what we've done several times over this year. And this year, our guest was the international pianist, James Chong. He's a lovely fellow. And throughout the week, we got a piano. He's been practicing a, a fiendishly difficult Shostakovich concerto. I mean, it was incredible. Um, 
And I couldn't resist, obviously, with this magnificent pianist being in our midst for the past few days, mm. asking him if he would come up with a Dumpty Dum for our podcast. Uh, I thought it would be a nice re- bit of respite for him from the Shostakovich. And bless him, just before he left and had to fly off to Germany for his next engagement, he did uh, play us this arrangement of, of Ambridge's theme tune, the Archer's theme tune. So we're going to finish with this, and I'll also post it on our Facebook page later so you can see James actually playing it. So uh, enjoy this, and it's a goodbye from me. And it's a bye-bye from me. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.